Hello, hello, Yat, and welcome back to my Native Thoughts podcast. I know this is a day late, however, I'm just going to call July a fluke month, okay? Your girl has been super busy with plans, doing stuff, you know, doing her thing. A lot of stuff has been happening with my life. Um, and I'm finna go on a bachelorette party this weekend. Well, it's a bachelorette girls weekend, so I don't know if it's gonna be a huge party, but we finna get crunk, eyebrows on fleek, the fuck, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, I hope y'all are doing well. I'm doing so good today. I mean, nah, I mean, I'm excited, there's anticipation, I'm trying to, I got my nails done, did, I'm ready to go, I just have to pack and get my outfits ready, you know what I mean? So, I just, it's Wednesday, and I have so many things that I would like to talk about and discuss today with y'all. I hope you guys are thriving and having a good week and drinking your water. Okay, you need to be healthy. I need to take my own advice and I'm going to. I'm going to take my meds, drink my water. We finna be healthy. Okay, so let's get on with the podcast. So remember the start of this whole thing that made me want to start a podcast was the chapter house auntie's fight on the res at the chapter house. Like, I remember that. It was like probably seven episodes ago now there is an update y'all so i'm gonna read you this article in case you don't want to read it you can also go to navajotimes.com all right and it says oh and this article is by kiana joe of the navajo times period kiana go at it and she says three charged in loop brawl so three women now face charges after the chapter house planning meeting turned violent on june 5th loop resident violet white was arrested for getting into a physical fight with loop chapter manager marjorie sangster white called for a forensic audit to be conducted as she and other community members wanted to see where the chapter house money was going okay sangster marjorie what you be doing? You know, you be sketchy out here in these streets. You be sketchy in these chapter houses. You know what I mean? Where the money at? Shortly after the audit was mentioned, white sister-in-law, Carlotta White. Look, Carlotta, you need to mind your own business. You wouldn't even have to face no charges. Walked into the meeting and heard Sangster ask what a forensic audit was. In a previous Navajo Times interview about the meeting, Carlotta says she asked Sangster why she didn't know what a forensic audit was. When working for the Navajo Nation, okay, period, Carlotta said, look, Marjorie, you in charge. How you not finna know what a forensic audit was? You don't know and you in charge. She need to question her. At that point, Sangster, Violet, and Carlotta began to argue. Community members in attendance said Sangster was pointing her pin in Violet and Carlotta's faces. So Marjorie got the attitude and was like, don't come at me. And then, and that's when a fight broke out between Violet and Sangster. Later that night, Violet was taken into custody at Tuba City Detention Center. Not the detention center, auntie! Where she was held for 18 hours and then released. Free Violet. They were only just trying to call Marjorie out. They just said, run me our money. As of July 21st, Navajo Nation Attorney General Ethel Branch and Navajo Nation Chief Prosecutor Vernon Jackson Sr. announced the three women involved are facing charges. Not all three. (sighs) 
Violet faces battery, an unlawful imprisonment filed by a Dogan District Court. She was just trying to get the receipts, okay? Carlotta was not taken into custody but faces three charges. Tampering with evidence, battery, and disorderly conduct filed by the Dilkin District Court. Okay, and that's what I say. Carlotta, you could have just mind your business. But no, she had to pop in there with the whole, like, show me the receipt. But, you know, Violet had it. Sangster was also not taken into custody but faces two charges as she should disorderly conduct and conduct in conformity with applicable rules and laws filed by the Dilkin district court jackson said the woman involved in the fight at loop would be held accountable for their actions as chapter meetings should be a safe environment i don't know because every single time we go to chapter house meetings they always got to be loud somebody always fighting somebody somebody don't like somebody's food you know it just be a bunch of drama all the time the charges filed against each of the women are in the hands of the court to which Jackson said they're innocent until proven guilty. Okay, so that's basically about it. And then Violet says she doesn't know what its investigation entails as she has not been contacted to get her side of the story. Hey, yo, if y'all know Violet, tell her about my podcast. Tell, tell her to hit me up. I'll get her side of the story. Um, going back to the night Violet was arrested, Violet said the responding officer, Navajo Police Sergeant Johnson of Dil- Dilkin Police District, headed into the chapter house and listened to the chapter officials and nobody else. And she said, I know for a fact they, Dilkin Police District and Navajo Nation government, protect each other. They do not protect the people. That's just my opinion. Period. Violet. Violet says she had no idea of the charges until she saw Branch's Facebook post, which details the charges. She said seeing it on social media first, rather than being directly communicated to her, was strange. I would agree. They're trying to make her, like, hold accountability with herself, but she just want her, she just want the chapter house and Marjorie to be transparent and take accountability for where the missing funds are she's saying run me my money and period as she should i've had people come to me and say thank you for speaking up thank you for saying something so i know it means a lot and i know it needs to be done and i won't be surprised if this all goes in marjorie sangster's favor (gasps) violet has the tea y'all hit her up for me um contact her get it you know, just hit her up for me. Let her know that she can come on my show. I can talk to her. We can set something up because we need to get Violet's story. She knows something is happening and she's trying to do something about it. Okay? What I thought was the auntie brawl turned into something serious. And we finna be on it. Anyways, that is just the new update from what had happened at the Chapter House Ladies. And I want to see how far this goes. But apparently... They're trying to say a chapter house needs to be free of violence. Where? Which chapter house? Because the ones I've been to, all the aunties and uncles just be yelling at each other. So, I don't know what piece she's talking about. I don't know what non-violence she's talking about. And first of all, Marjorie the one throwing her pen in their face. So, they need to, they need to, you know, they need to talk to Marjorie. I want to hear Marjorie. Actually, you know, I don't want to hear Marjorie. 
the next topic I want to talk about is y'all know how the Oppenheimer movie came out it grossed literally 80.5 million dollars the opening weekend and I heard from my family that it was a good movie a little bit long a little bit like too many like racy scenes or too much like sexual tension for like a movie like that but I mean it's Hollywood they got to keep people's attention somehow because they're like there's too much science put in a booty cheek put in uh, a titty you know they gotta put in something otherwise nobody ain't gonna watch you know what I mean I gotta catch people making out otherwise (laughs) who's gonna watch but I would totally watch either way so what was the point so Oppenheimer came out opening weekend and Oppenheimer is basically about the father of the atomic bomb, the person who basically made the atomic bomb, who ended up eventually regretting making the atomic bomb. And whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? Okay, just saying. But come to find out, Boo Nigren, the Navajo Nation president, has put out his statement about this movie, stating that Hollywood needs to address how the uranium mining that the Navajo Nation provided for the U.S. caused a bunch of illness, death, miscarriages, all types of things. And he believes that they should have at least acknowledged it instead of making millions off of it. Okay, so this is what it says on Native News Online. Navajo Nation President Oppenheimer says it erases history of nuclear waste caused to its people. This is Boo Nigren, the Navajo Nation President, and he says that the Oppenheimer movie comes short on reporting on the devastation of uranium mining and nuclear testing caused to the country's largest Indian reservation. The Navajo people cannot afford to be, yet again, erased from history. Hollywood has a lot of work to do, and they can start by standing with the Navajo people and urging Congress to provide just compensation for victims of radiation exposure, Nigren writes. Nigren, 36, is serving his first term as president of the Navajo Nation and is the youngest ever elected president of the tribal nation. Nigren says the movie was released five days after the 44th anniversary of the Church Rock uranium mill spill when 94 million gallons of radioactive waste poured into the Puerco River spanning the northern portions of New Mexico and Arizona where the Navajo Nation is located. What came next was cancers, miscarriages, and mysterious illnesses is a direct consequence of America's race for nuclear hegemony. It's an accomplishment built on top of the bodies of Navajo men, women, and children. The lived experience of nuclear weapons development in the United States. But as usual, Hollywood chose to gloss over them. In 1990, Congress passed the Radiation Exposure Compensation Act, but the problems on the Navajo Nation still persist. Despite the passage of Radiation Exposure Compensation Act in 1990, justice remains elusive for Navajo families who have suffered from the devastating and long-lasting health and environmental effects of the uranium mining industry on Navajo land, Nigran writes. While the Oppenheimer movie deals with history, the Navajo Nation still deals with the long-term effects of the spill and uranium mining impacting the lives of its people. And this is credited to the Native News Online article. And this is written by Levi Rickert. Levi Rickert. Yeah, so that is 
that is basically what the Navajo nations take, the Navajo nation presidents take on the movie Oppenheimer. And when I was just looking up the news article about it, what I basically I just read, I was so surprised because I do remember seeing something on Apple Podcasts about the natives. And actually, I want to shout them out. So let me find them really quick because they were talking about this because I remember trying to look for um, a Navajo podcasts. Because I wanted to listen to people who um, are Navajo and have a podcast. And, ooh, look at that. Navajo Nation President Boo Nigren. He has his own podcast. Oh, I'm going to start listening. Follow. Follow Navajo Nation President Boo Nigren. He's on Apple Podcasts. Go follow him. Dang it, I can't find it. Well, whenever I find it, I'll let you guys know. But yeah, I listened to like, there was a whole episode of them talking about the effects of the mine, their uranium mining that was happening. Basically, the U.S. was using um, the mining for uranium on Navajo Nation land to help fund or help uh, create all their weapons and stuff. So yeah, that's basically what that was about. And I was super surprised by that. But now you guys know... And the more you know, the more educated you are. But I just think that's crazy. And Hollywood has so far to go. I mean, you know, we're Hollywood has been so open-minded with so many things. But it's like the real history of America in itself. Like, they've addressed slavery. And not even to the extent that it needed to be addressed, which is also insane to me. So, and they're just barely scratching the surface of, like, Native American history. Like, in Canada, like, just in the past probably 10 years, I've been seeing more about Native American news. More so than any other years that I've seen. Like, I've never seen so much coverage of Native American news than I have in the past, like, couple years. But, yeah, so I just thought that was insane. Because it, I think this was happening... Um, the 1940s to the 1990s. On to U.S. news. Have y'all heard about the Jason Aldean song? It's called Try That in a Small Town. And I think it just came out this year, I want to say. And a lot of people are finding way too many coincidences in his mu- music videos and in the lyrics. People are saying that it's a racist song that talks about a sundown town. Basically, he's trying to say, you know, try everything that you're doing in the cities in a small town. And it's not really, you can say it's not about racism. However, there's just a lot of hints that he gave out. Mainly the music video. If you go to the music video, a whole part of it takes place like while the sun is going down. And you know those places that are called sundown towns, which is... After sundown, there's towns still like that in America where once the sun goes down, that's like curfew. Like everybody who's a person of color needs to leave because you will be lynched, you will be killed, you will be beat up. Like either way, you will be brutalized and assaulted in some type of way or murdered. So that's basically what a sundown town is called. And his music video is basically depicting that. Also performing in front of, not performing. So in the music video, he's seen performing his song that is popular now that we're talking about. In front of a government building where lynchings have taken place. And the fact that he's denying that this is not a racist song is like, okay, but you put a bunch of 
what are they called? Easter eggs? Like in there, you know, little hints. So it's like you can't not acknowledge that. If Even if you didn't, if the intention behind this song wasn't like, oh, I wasn't meaning to be racist or it's not a racist song, I apologize. I basically just acknowledge what everybody else is seeing. Like you don't have to say people are right. You don't have to say people are wrong. There's a way you can just acknowledge things. However, I do believe it was racist and I do believe that he knew what he was doing. I mean, just a bunch in his lyrics is just like, um, you know, you're going to riot in the cities. You're going to do this in the cities. You know, go ahead, come here and try that in a small town. Like, what do you think? What, what do you think? You're all about MAGA. You're all about this and that. You're all about the guns, you know, and you're all about the brotherhood. So it's too, too many coincidences in one song for it to not be racist is what I'm saying and a lot of people have caught on to it and at first I was like okay people are reaching because there's nothing explicitly in the song saying like like blatantly racist it just more sounds like a fuck around and find out kind of song but for black people so yeah that's what it sounds like and I think it's just really stupid of him to just not even try to acknowledge that because racism is real it's still a thing and there are still sundown towns literally i've heard many people on tiktok talk about how if you're going to travel solo this is black people on tiktok who are trying to travel by themselves warning other travelers i guess there's an actual website that you can go to that is like a safe haven for certain towns in the u.s in 2023 today guys like, they, they try to just, like, have safe havens for people here and there. So, it really worries me that that is still happening in 2023. Because I, it just honestly feels like racism will never go away. I know people are racist, can be racist, but for it to still be so blatant is crazy. And also, what's crazier and scarier is that it's even, like, people now are pretending to not be so it's kind of nice when people like support Jason Aldean or support Trump and all his MAGA stuff because it's like, okay, thank you for showing your true colors because now I see you, you low-key have the same kind idolizations as them, you know, if that makes sense. But yeah, Jason Aldean ended up talking about how he's like, my song was just about getting back to the old America and this and that. And it's like, oh, what? Getting back to the old, how things used to be? What do you mean how things used to be? That doesn't make any sense. You're, you're burying yourself in a hole even more because now you're trying to say you want to go back to lynching? What? Which one? You want to go back to the 70s, 60s where, where people were being killed for being black? Like, I'm confused, you know? So he's just not helping himself anymore. But yeah, and then especially there's like footage in his music video of protests that have happened in this city, like Black Lives Matter protests. Yeah, like it's, it just doesn't look good for him. And his, I guess, addressing the issue was even worse. So I just, I don't even want to talk about him anymore. Oh, I saw this insane story that I had to talk about. First of all, the most funny thing, okay, this case is not funny because murder is never funny. It's awful. However, this woman's name is Taylor Shubbiness. <laughs> like, not Shubbiness. What the heck? Um, 
She's 25. She's from Green Bay. Is that I can't even read my own handwriting. Either way, it's in Wisconsin. She's charged for third degree sexual assault to a dead body. She's basically, she's, she definitely went to jail for a long time because she's psycho. She killed a guy, decapitated his head, left it in his mom's basement for her, her to find it. So she killed 24 year old Shad Therian. Like RIP Shad, that is insane. I'm, I feel so bad for his family and I hope she gets the most. Like I hope she either gets a death penalty or life or something and she gets prison justice because no. But the fact that her name is Taylor Shabusiness and come to find out she legally changed her name, her last name to Shabusiness. Okay, like... Oh, that's not even the worst of it. She idolized and was in love with Jeffrey Dahmer. You know, the serial killer who targeted men of color specifically and younger men, might I add. So it's like, I don't understand. But she idolized him, took pictures like with his online profiles and stuff. I don't know. She was really weird. She she idolized him. Either way, Taylor, you are not Jeffrey Dahmer's type. In the slightest. Okay, and you're embarrassing for your last name. Seriously. Like, if you would have minded show business, you wouldn't have been put in jail. I am so sorry. It is serious, but like at the same time, I can't get past her name, okay? Look it up. I swear to God, it's show business. I swear to God, look it up. Look it up. Either way, I hope she goes to jail for a long time and gets prison justice. But basically, she decapitated this boy's head and she blamed smoking meth. And she was like on one of the videos where she was facing the judge for her crimes. She tried to attack her own lawyer. Like, who does that? A psycho would. And she's trying to basically get the insanity plea by trying to act all insane in front of everybody. She's like laughing at the judge, laughing at everybody, smirking, doesn't care. She like told the police officers, man, I can't believe I forgot about that head. Like, are you, she's clinically insane for real, but they did evaluate her and they found out she, she was competent to, to stand trial. So Taylor Shabusiness, you know, get your own Shabusiness and stay. And I hope that Shabusiness is in jail or in the afterlife er, or to hell. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, as you guys know, I like to dial it down, bring it back to report on missing and murdered indigenous men, women, and children. At first, I was just going to do missing and murdered indigenous women because it's a huge epidemic. However, men and children fall into that category because some of the women that are missing are children. So it's a huge wide topic that eventually I want to do something that specifically focuses solely on that. But right now, while I have this podcast, I like to just shed light on one or two an episode, which I know isn't a lot, but I'm trying to do my best with what I have. So today we have missing Fawn Flying Horse of Rapid City, South Dakota. She is 16, 5'4", 120 pounds. Her hair is black. Her eyes are brown. She's been missing since July 25th, 2023 this year. Fawn was last seen wearing a white tank top and shorts. 
If you have any information, please call Rapid City Police Department at 605-394-4131. The next one I would like to spread awareness about is Arnold Yazi. He's 31, he's male, 5'9", 150 pounds, brown eyes, and black hair. The last contact they have is June 29th, 2023 of this year in Dilkin, Arizona. He has not shown up to work since. If anybody has any information of his whereabouts, please call Navajo Nation Police Department, Dilkin District at 928-657-8075. So everybody just keep a lookout, spread awareness share thank you for facebook missing and murdered indigenous woman um, it's a site that you can visit if you're not already following them you can follow them on facebook and that is where i get my missing and murdered indigenous woman information from but i also try to do ones that are recent as well i'm trying to keep times consistent with each other as things are being updated i like to do that because i understand what a lot of podcasters do is They like to pre-record episodes and put them out like a week later if there's any issues. However, I don't like that. I do follow a lot of podcasts and most of the time I want their opinion right away of a topic and they don't come out with the opinions or whatever that I want to hear until a week later. So that's really annoying and I think that some might appreciate my weekly Uh, current status rather than hearing about something the week before because I would and I like to hear about it in the heat of the moment in the passion of the moment rather than you know I don't care about it a week later like all the stuff that's been happening this week I'm people are probably not going to care about it in a week they're gonna be like oh that's old news so that's just my little two cents on that have y'all heard about Tori Kelly getting hospitalized I know she's not as popular but she's a singer and I think she's only 30 and she just got hospitalized for blood clots. She was at dinner downtown LA um, I believe on the 21st um, of July. They said that she was passed out for a while quote a while unquote. So that doesn't make any sense to me because first of all she's one of my favorite singers. Second of all uh, why did they not call 911 right away or take her to the hospital right away? They said that they wanted to take her to a nearby or a better hospital than just the one that they have downtown. So I was like, okay, first of all, privilege, money, because anybody, any regular Joe would just go to the nearest hospital. But I guess Cedar sinai is like the hospital for celebrities. I didn't know that, but that's what it sounds like. Anyways, I think that would just be so nice to have your own hospital to go to. No, but in all seriousness though, I hope Tori Kelly is okay. She is like my favorite singer. I literally just listened to her album yesterday and she's coming out with a new, not me promoting Tori Kelly's album, but her new one does come out like July 28th. (laughs) So that's in two days. So look out for that. I love Tori Kelly. And if you don't like her, you don't like real music. Just saying. Okay, so on to some strange news. Um, They're filming Beetlejuice 2. And apparently there's a bunch of like their costumes being left around at houses. And people are like being freaked out by them. However, I just want to go off 
for a second. They're having Jenna Ortega be in this film. Now, I know she's the goth queen, right? She's in Wednesday. Goth queen there. She was in You, the, you know, the one about Joe who, like, stalks people and kills people. Well, she was in that. Um, she's in a bunch of dark movies, film, shows, whatever. And now she's going to be in Beetlejuice 2. So, first of all, great. I'm glad that they're casting um a person of color however it's just like she's in everything now and I guess people deserve their moments to shine but I was kind of hoping that we would hear about Winona Ryder coming back into it just the people that we've grown up with watching it I know Kath Catherine O'Hara is still around Alec Baldwin is still around and Michael Keaton is coming back so I'm actually pretty excited for that but I just want to know what Jenna Ortega is gonna add to this I just hope they don't mess it up because I grew up with Beetlejuice and it was so weird but so scary if you know what I mean I loved it and another hot take that I want to say and I might be severely hated for is that I love when growing up I loved Barbie Okay, I loved Barbies. I loved the toys. I loved the dolls. I loved playing with the Barbies. Like, I literally had a swimming pool set. I had a Jeep set. I had, like, a beach set. Like, I had so many Barbies, so many outfits, so many shoes, so many... I was obsessed with Barbies when I was younger. And when I knew that that movie was coming out, I was pretty skeptical about it mainly because of the cast and I understand the concept of Barbie and I always loved Barbie mainly for the fact that she could be very versatile and um, adapt to any environment. She could be a doctor, lawyer, a server, whatever. She can be in any environment and slay, okay, and in heels. Like that was my favorite. She could be at a beach one day and in a courtroom the next, okay, period. So that was what I loved about her. My issue was, and you can blame misogyny and the patriarchy, whoever you want to blame this on, internalized misogyny, whatever. I grew up with Barbie looking a certain way. And I mean, she looked like probably ages 20 to 26. Now, I'm 27, so I can say that. She did look like like. The Barbie doll looked like she could be 20 to 26 age, right? Maybe some others have different opinions. That's okay. You can have your different opinions. However, this is mine. I just felt like she could have looked a lot younger. And I love Margot Robbie. I love her movies. It's not a dig at... um, I mean, I guess it kind of is. But it's not meant to be hurtful. Like, I'm not trying to say, ooh, she ugly and old. It's not what I mean. I'm not coming mean-spirited at it. I'm just saying, growing up, Barbie looked... My sister said it perfectly. She said, you would think that they would choose, like, someone with a model body, like Kendall Jenner, but blonde version. If you know what I mean. But, like, different facial features, of course. But, like, that body type. You know what I mean? So, and not even just that, but just, like, literally no wrinkles and I don't mean that to say that Barbie never aged the doll itself had no wrinkles okay no facial expression really it was just like um line creases so they could have at least found an animated version real life version of that if you know what I if you catch my dress if you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying if you know what I mean great if not I'm so sorry wasn't trying to offend But that's just life. And we offend people every day. However, 
it is not my responsibility to um, care for your feelings completely because I understand that if you're offended, that's on you, not on me. But that's only if I'm saying something in general and not really like attacking a community, if you know what I mean. But anyways, that's my thing. Also, Ken, trash. Ryan Gosling loved him in The Notebook. He was my prince charming like The Notebook. Like that was, if the, he had played Ken then, it probably would have been fine. However, Ken, my Ken Barbie doll looked like his face was more boxy. He looked like a tall Zac Efron. You know what I mean? It's just the casting just did not hit for me. And I was kind of annoyed with that. So that was my whole issue with the Barbie. Oh my God. I just remembered. So there's these conspiracy theories coming out because Tori Kelly, um, because Tori Kelly got hospitalized. Well, she just came out with a song that was just like, um, I don't care if I die today. I don't care if I die right now. And as soon as this came out, then like all of a sudden, all these news articles came out of her being hospitalized. Like people, can you just not let people rest? Like, she, she came out with, like, four different songs. That wasn't the only song. That came, if that was only the only song that she came out with, then I would have been, like, ooh, kind of sketchy. But even then, it wouldn't be that serious. And now everybody's just coming out with conspiracy theories. You know what? That's the part of TikTok I feel like is toxic. Conspiracies just go way too far. I'm like, okay, it's one thing to analyze the facts and coincidences. I get it. But then it's another thing to generate a whole different idea that I didn't get and call it a fact. That's a conspiracy. Anyways, now they think that she down for the count because she did that song. And I honestly just disagree. And the last and final topic that I want to get to is, and I'm pretty sure this is the new craze and everybody's talking about it, but the new AI NPC, the non-player content or whatever it's called. You know, or that part where she's just like, it's a creator. Her name is Pinky Doll. She's the one that made this famous. Or maybe a different person made this famous. But she's the one who actually. So I'm just saying that somebody probably originally created it. And she saw it. And then just became famous off of it. So I'm not saying she's the original creator. However, she's the one that originally got it famous. And she does this thing where on TikTok Live. People send gifts. And she reacts to those gifts. And these gifts are money. So you can make up to like $200,000 a month doing this. And these gifts are money. So they'll send her like a little ice cream gift or whatever. And she'll be like, mmm, so good. And then they'll send her like a cowboy hat. And she'll be like, oh, I'm a cowgirl. Let me ride it. You know, like just stuff like that. I can't even. Me just talking about it myself is so oh, cringe. But it's basically just someone trying to act like a non-playing character in um, like The Sims, you know, that is just playing in a loop in the background. And so that's just what it is. And people really like it. And now all I see on my TikTok page is a bunch of AI people doing this NPC shit. Like, okay, first of all, I'm judging. Second of all, get your bag. Because period, if I could do it without cringing, I probably could. However, I don't have a thousand people on TikToks at My Native Thoughts Podcast. Please follow me on TikTok. And I don't have that following to go live. So yeah, but I'm just saying get your bag. But I'm, I'm just sick of seeing my whole For You page blowing up on that. But that's the new craze. And I got famous. And now pe- even famous people are talking about it. Like Cardi B was talking about it. Timbaland was talking about it. 
So I'm just saying, if you have more than a thousand TikTok followers and go live, do it, babes. Get your money, get your bag, get your coin. But my thing is, it's easy to get sucked in, right? Into the loop of it. And I was watching it and I was like, I wonder if this will mentally mess you up for like... I guess just constantly being on a loop yourself because she's doing the same thing over and over and over, right? She's doing the cowgirl, let me ride it. And then she's doing the ice cream. And then she's doing the um, bubbles. Like that sound. And then she's doing like the popcorn, popcorn. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Popcorn, popcorn. You know, and she's like just doing the same thing over and over. So I feel like eventually after doing it for so long, you would be like, I feel like you would eventually develop, what is the word? Like it's a pattern. It's a habit of your body moving like that. You know, if you do something so much, like all of a sudden in your sleep, you're going to be like popcorn popcorn you know like I feel like she would be dreaming about it or something so yeah I don't know I just feel like that'll be mentally damaging in the long run I feel like maybe do that for a month or two get your 200 thou in like four months three months and then call it a day because I feel like that would really hurt you but I feel like this one girl her name's pinky doll and she's on tiktok I don't even need to shout her out you can just find her easily but pinky doll on tiktok she gets thousands of dollars a day just by doing this and I'm really curious. I followed her because I want to see in a year how she's doing. Like, because this, this really intrigues me. Because I'm like, someone doing the same thing every single day? It's kind of like going to work every single day doing the same thing drives me nuts. So I'm like, how is that not driving her nuts? Because this is consistent interaction with the internet. So it's like she's by herself consistently. Re- yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the same thing as podcasting. What do I know? Anywho, y'all. I'm going to sign off. I hope y'all love this podcast. If not, please rate it. An honest review. Answer the poll questions. Interact with me on My Native Thoughts Podcast. Eventually, I'm definitely going to get an Instagram set up soon. This week is just super busy for me. I'm getting ready for a bachelorette weekend. So I hope I have some stories next week about that but that's just all the updates the news u.s news that i found important and relevant um please go follow facebook missing and murdered indigenous women men and children just support it wherever you can just a share a like a follow you know that goes a long way i appreciate you guys for being active listeners i appreciate you being here stay here yeah with that i am going to clack out Just kidding. I'm going to finish editing and then I'm going to chill for the rest of the night. But I hope you guys have a great night, great week. I will catch you later on the flip-flop next week. Hug on it. Shit fans. Shit friends. Shit listeners. Okay? Don't be jai. Okay, bye.